Hail cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon Kelly. It's your full name. Brandon Shane Kelly. How are you? <laughs> after after doxing me on the Always Cheating Podcast, I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Happy New Year to all the cheaters out there. Uh, I think I speak for at least you and me, Josh, that uh, the festive fixtures were long but not boring. Uh, that yes. was crazy, uh, what we just kind of lived through. Uh, we yep. live to tell the tale. Uh, I hope that uh, everyone out there listening kind of ended on a positive note. Uh, spare a thought for everybody who wildcarded. Josh, can yeah. you imagine, knowing what we know now, landing at the Game Week 20 deadline on wildcard and yeah. the fallout there? It was really tricky. I think uh, it just didn't help that Sun and Sala had such good matches, that Holland was out. Uh, the Holland being out, I feel like, was really the biggest problem, right? That just made things really difficult because if Holland were healthy and expected to play in Game Week 20, everyone could have captained him. It would have made some of the other decisions, you know, the sort of, the sort of cascading mm-hmm. effect, right? Once you pick your captain, you can. it's easier to sweat some other players. But when the captaincy is wide open, there's sort of a feeling like ah, I have to sweat five or six different players, right? I mean, we saw even some of the top of our personal, our longtime small old school mini league. I don't know why I'm getting so specific about it, but <laughs> our, our Elks Lodge, as we call it, uh, the, the person at the top of that, Captain Saka, right? There was a wide range of options available to you uh, in game week 20. And um, yeah, I think on balance, it was a, a very exciting, ultimately good, certainly good for you and me, um, festive run um it started as bad as it could my game week 18 was like am i gonna quit like i I was like i was like what am i and i i just really you know we did a um a youtube live for our patreon supporters but i think you can go just go find it on our youtube channel you can you can listen to me walk through uh my the horrors of of game week 18 and it was um yeah it was i dropped like five hundred thousand spots and i was like man this just it's not, it's not going well. This is not going to be my season. And then, uh, as, as happens so often, and I'm sure, I'm still not sure it's going to be my season, but, uh, as, as happens so often in a high variance game like this, um, sometimes it, you know, just, it kind of evens out a little bit. That longer. is the most yeah. positive thing I think I've ever heard you say. I'm still not sure this is not going to be my season. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's going to be my season. I'll be I'll be more blunt with you than that. I it it feels unlikely. It would be it be if this ended up being my best ever season. That would be uh, their most remarkable second half that 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 I that listen. Ever the had. people it's out possible. there love a story, so let's That's give true. them something exactly. to sink their teeth well, into. Yeah, and so I mean, after game week, uh, after game week eighteen, I was at one of my lowest game weeks of the season. I was at like one point eight five million. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I guess my goal now is just to stay in the top 2 million. Like, you know, sort of like, it's like, how do I, what, what, how am I supposed to recalibrate here? Uh, and then uh, we come out of game week 20 and I'm at 945,000. I've jumped 900,000 spots in two game weeks. Uh, you can still jump almost a million places in a couple of weeks, even, even 20 weeks into the season. So um, I think it's encouraging for everyone who's having kind of a rough stretch or, or hopefully like me, they're starting to, to turn things around a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, was just, everything kind of clicked. I finally had that. You know, we sort of talked about this, Brendan, like the, a really good game week is kind of the drug that keeps you going, mm-hmm. right? You can, you can, I can, yeah. 
I can manage a bunch of bad ones if I have just a couple good ones thrown in from time to yep. time. And in this one, everything everything worked out. I mean, uh, looking except for my defense. Uh, I mean, Ariola got me eleven, but one from Gabriel, zero from Trent, two from Poro. That was kind of the only. In fact, they were the only people in my eleven who blanked. Um, otherwise, I got returns from the other eight. So, um, you know, finished on 96 points, uh, 191k, uh, game week rank, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's anytime you're kind of in, the, in that top 200k, it's a, it's definitely a strong game week. So yeah, I felt, you know, I felt good about it. I have two transfers going into game week 21. Um, obviously, you know, in my case, I have three players who've left for AFCON. So I've got a bunch of changes I have to make. Um, we'll of course be talking about that in a minute, uh, our, our transfer decisions. Also just a kind of quick rundown of who's leaving, for AFCON and for the Asian Cup, because um, it's quite a longer list than I, I, of course, we all know the big names, right? Sun is leaving, uh, Sal is leaving, but even just players like Nicholas Jackson, I just kind of forgot that he was leaving uh, for for AFCON. And so we'll run through everyone who's who's gone, uh, how long we think they'll be gone for, how many game weeks will impact things, um, as well as just sort of general questions about who has good fixtures uh, in the next kind of stretch of time. You know, we're, we're basically, we're effectively in the second half of the season. This is a, it's a somewhat strange stretch of time in some ways, right? Because this is when you get a lot of FA Cup weekends sort of, tossed in and then so you the premier league will often get played at midweek or you'll have two premier league fixtures in one week after kind of a long break we also have coming up in game week 21 the two week game week brandon a game week that stretches over two full weekends so um a lot to talk about a lot to discuss we also have some questions from listeners um so i talked a lot about my team though brandon how are you feeling after after the last three weeks yeah i i feel good I I cannot not feel good, right? So game week fifteen, I started this. You could not feel good if you wanted (laughs) to. I could, yeah. I can feel however I want, but roughly game week fifteen, I was around two point one million, and now I end at one point one million. And it was really game week nineteen. So it was the storm before the calm of game week twenty that really Mm -hmm. rocked my festive period where I, I dropped, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of spots thinking that, uh, you know, is it this, this going to be another one step forward, two steps back sort of situation in this yeah. season, but game week 20 did come to the rescue. I did have very complicated feelings about the Liverpool Newcastle match. Like that might've yeah. been the most insane fantasy watching experience I've yeah. ever had. So going yeah. into that match, I had captained Sun Hung Min, uh, and he got his nine pointer. And I was like clutching, you know, the armrests on my chair, waiting for those two bonus points to come yeah. through. Cause I you knew, knew they'd be important. I would really yeah. need them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's a seven point loss for not captaining Sala, which I feel like having watched that match, it obviously could have been, way more damaging because Liverpool were rampant as everybody knows. Yeah. I think were. you're bearing, you're, you're bearing the lead here, Brandon, which is that in a match where Newcastle conceded seven XG, right. And, uh, and o- only four goals, honestly, which is kind of remarkable. Uh, you somehow emerged with a six pointer from, from a Newcastle defender, which I think is kind of, kind of impressive. The Sven Botman bullet header, you had to be so happy when that happened, right? Because that's, that, you know, when, when a match is in that stage, right, late in the game, all you want are set pieces, right? You're like, just give me, just give <laughs> yeah. me a set piece, give me some possibility, maybe the ball falls the right way. And so, um, you know, that, I obviously, it would have been great to get a 15 point or whatever, but I think to get six points from Botman and 
in 21 or in 21, excuse me, in 20 uh, feels like a big win. I mean, flash forward to the West Ham Brighton match where I had Suchek coming off of my bench for a non-playing Raheem Sterling. And imagine if Sven Botman actually played as a number 10. That's basically mm-hmm. what you're doing with uh, with <laughs> yeah. Suchek. Yeah. And yeah. it was every West Ham move was geared toward get it wide and then cross it into Suchek, who's going to be crossing, yeah. uh, who's going to be crashing the box. But yeah, I, I think you know me well enough to envision this scenario where when that Sten Botman header went in, and I had started Botman because we talked about this to our Patreon supporters of – do I take a minus four? I had uh, moved Holland to Alvarez. Do I take a minus four to move yeah. somebody like Levi Caldwell to Trent Alexander-Arnold, who just could not stop scoring fantasy points? Yep. And I decided to, this the Botman, to start Botman was many fantasy things. It was a hedge in that I knew I wasn't going to captain Salah, so let's just go for broke here. Mm-hmm. I also believe that, that that was one of the harder matches to predict. In hindsight, it's pretty easy to predict that uh, Newcastle are out of gas and Liverpool yeah. are, are, Especially are running away right. matches. Yeah. So, um, but when that Sven Botman header went in, I didn't make a move i felt myself not flinching at all because that was a i just stormed the beaches of normandy and managed to not get hit by a bullet sort of a situation you know that scene in saving private ryan where the guy hit the bullet bounces off yeah. of his helmet and he's like wow mm-hmm. look at this my helmet really works and he takes his helmet off and he then mm-hmm. he gets plugged right between the eyes yeah uh, so you kept was, your helmet on yeah yeah you <laughs> I kept my like, helmet on yeah, when Bob yeah, yeah, yeah. scored I, um, yeah it's it, but it is it's it's a game week saver right it's it's one of those it you know it, it's not it does not mean you have a, have a great game week but it saves it's it it saves the potential for a good game week or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm not sort of making this term up, right? But it's like sometimes you just get a random return that you're not expecting. And it's like it just kind of lifts your whole week, right? I think uh, mm-hmm. getting uh, – I got an assist from <clears> – <throat> oh, my – got emotional there talking about this, Brandon. But, I, yeah, I got an assist from uh, Huang Hee Chan in the Wolves match. And I just sort of not expecting anything from him. And, and I don't really know why. Was, because he scored the brace in 19. I was like, that's enough That's enough points for him. That's what I'm going to get out of him. But just to get the little bonus assist, you're like, well, hey, six points, right? Like no matter what, like this is a this is a good week now. Because it sort of turned out, turned out mm-hmm. great. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you, you take the wins where you can. And, I mean, that that Jota pen was just – It was I, a you, weird one because I don't understand. It was almost like he wanted Salah to score – to get a pen, right? It was like I don't understand how he didn't take a shot. Like it was – you know, it's like – He clearly – so, so the, what, yeah. what happened, which is quite clear to me, and maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but it seems quite clear, is that Jota saw the ball and it was a very slick surface because it was pouring rain. He yeah. knew the ball was going to get away from him. He okay. was not going to get the opportunity. He felt the contact, and it took that long. It's sort of like a delayed response on your computer yeah. or your phone, yeah. where yeah. suddenly it 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 what the command you asked happened, and Jota just had this delayed moment where he processed. All right. We could get a pen here. VAR yeah. will back me up. And yeah. I, that was an interesting discussion with is, uh, Anthony Taylor. If he doesn't give it, then VAR would back him up. But if Anthony Taylor does give it, then VAR yeah. also has to back him up. I'm not here to quibble about it. I just, no. it, it was is clearly a 
fantasy, strictly a <laughs> fantasy moment where you're like, well, yeah, really, this is how I'm going to get done in this well, game. Yeah, week? Cause it's, a, you're right. Cause it's, it's an eight pointer. Right, yeah. because he's he was actually I think he was on zero bonus after that as well. If no, that no, no, he, happen, no. He, the, he had the, the assist, yeah. so I think he was on um, one. I, I think, think he was on, on two, one yeah, bonus, one or two. But yeah, but yeah. still, it's still. like speaking of the the Botman header that the that is uh, a much bigger turn of events uh, that that pen call. So the Botman yep. header is just kind of a uh, uh, basically a, I took a tums uh, mm-hmm. to relieve yeah. some. Yeah, exactly. I was surprised he didn't start Pau Torres. Were you, were you just worried that he wasn't going to start? Um, or, um, you know, oh, the way I was surprised yeah. you didn't start him Emory, over, over Emory came out in a press conference uh, prior to the deadline saying that Pau Torres was not going to start I and that see. Langley okay. was going to. So that okay. knowing that that was a certainty and it turned out to be a correct move yep. in that it was a certainty that he wouldn't start do we know if he's going to come on with the sub, which he did because Langley got injured? Uh, so yeah, that's a plus five for me. Yeah. So I feel good about that decision. And that's just kind of a, it's a simple, everyone learns this lesson in fantasy of maybe the fixture looks terrible for Sven Botman, but you know, maybe he's, uh, he's, he's going to play. He's going to get X minutes. He's going to be a threat on a corner kick. And there it is. You make your yeah. own luck sort of a thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And also maybe you just got lucky, which is, that's fine too. Right. Like, or, you know, I mean, or I mean that like, uh, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that you're saying, but just sort of like, it's fun. Like sometimes you just got to take a little risk and hope you get lucky because it's more fun <laughs> that way too. um, to sort of go for it than, than take a hit. And right. Because again, if you, if you take a hit, uh, especially for a defender, then, um, I mean, I take it a hit for Trent, I think actually would have, would have made sense, um, personally, but, um, I, you know, in the end it, it, it actually would have been worth, that would have been like an eight point swing for you. Right. Because Trent finished on zero, but was on six. So, right. And uh, well, I mean, I'm going to take a minus four to get Trent this week anyway. So, um, I think mathematically it's going in my favor right now, but yeah, I'm going to eat into the winnings that I got (laughs) from Botman to buy my Trent now. That's true. So yeah, instead of being a minus 10, now it'll be like a minus six or something, uh, or you're yeah, minus four or whatever. Plus, I don't know. I can't do the math in my head as I'm talking on a podcast. <laughs> the rules are very simple, Josh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, uh, and the other like kind of crazy thing too, was I, who would have thought that Ariola would end up outscoring Dubrovka in the end? That was one of the crazier moments, right? I mean, this, this incredible, three straight clean sheets for for West Ham this team that has not looked capable of keeping anybody from scoring almost the entire season and now uh and and also credit to Brighton who uh probably were the were like the the they're they really the aggressors in this match right yes. and they uh but they kept their first clean sheet of the season and uh I was on record that you know we made our our 10 bold predictions Brandon 10 hot takes some of them look pretty good uh, Michael Elise being the highest scoring player for Palace in December. That one almost certainly came good. Um, the, uh, what are some other, I, I can't remember some of the other ones, but, but one of them um, was, uh, was that Brighton would not keep a clean sheet the entire season. And so now, <laughs> now uh, I am wrong. They only, they only did not keep a clean sheet the first 19 weeks of the season, but uh, at the beginning of the second half, they did it. Uh, there was a question from Brian. who said, uh, thought, what are your thoughts on the results of the always cheating Derby at Craven Cottage? And the relevant FPL assets going forward, I don't know how much we can draw from 
Fulham. I mean, I don't know. Did you see any, like the one piece of news I saw was that there's a rumor that Anthony Robinson is, uh, is getting big up by Liverpool. Uh, to, to and, uh, last season, Anthony Robinson was getting bigged up by Man City, or at least that's what his agent were stirring up. And yeah. you don't know how much of this is the uh, here the we go extension. sort of effect of, mm-hmm. of like, let's just test the waters. Yeah. I would be dumbfounded if Anthony Robinson went anywhere in January. That would. Okay. Uh, that would, it would be insane. Would you bet? For, would you bet dollars to donuts? Would you go that far? I would. Brandon? I would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll say oh. it right here on the podcast. Dollars equals okay. donuts. You know, somebody who's moving to Canada, basically donuts are yep. currency uh, yep. up there. Yep. So that's that's totally fine. I, I I guess Raul Jimenez is the only takeaway fantasy relevant in that he does seem like a viable yeah. third striker. It's nice. I'm happy for him. I like him. Like, I mean, he's, uh, he's had a horrible run. He, uh, you know, is capable of great violence as we saw, as we saw in the Newcastle match, Mm -hmm. but he is, uh, he is now back and, and hopefully his, his, maybe his bloodlust has been quenched. Listen, you know, it's, it's bloodlust in bloodlust out, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what, uh, Louise did to him. He will, he will then vengeance has a name and it is Raul Jimenez. By the way, can we quit calling uh, every red card a, a, a you know, I, what was, I, I feel like every week now we get a yellow card that gets upgraded to a red and everybody uh, goes around screaming that it was a, it was a leg breaker, that it was a, like a, a career ender, possibly if it was one inch different. I want to see someone's leg actually get broken. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Gonna, I, don't, I, don't, I don't endorse <laughs> this at all. <laughs> I want, I, you know, maybe I was watching too much NFL recently, but uh, I, you know, if, if how how bad are these tackles? These 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 like things that get that are getting VAR'd and people are getting sent off all the time. And I mean the the Jimenez one, okay, that was that was legit one. But I don't know. If you ask a me, butt to face is a is a legit red card, but a, <laughs> a, a studs to ankle is not for you. Is that, no, that no, what no. you're saying? I, I'm like I'm turning one of those announcers who just shakes his head and says, "Never a red, never yeah, a red for yeah, me." Yeah, not we're in my we're day. podcasting here with yeah. Brandon and Lee Dixon, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, so I, I mean. I mean <laughs> Most of the most of the Fulham takeaways are non fantasy relevant. Like Willian and Tom Carney are like the newest buddy cop TV show that I want to watch, yeah. and and things yeah. like that. Marco Silva uh, just destroyed Arteta in that match, plain and yeah. simple. Which leads yeah. us to Arsenal, and this is what we yeah. really need to grapple with because yeah. I feel like I want Saka heading into game week twenty one. However, yeah. counterpoint: what is going on with Arsenal right now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the real answer is that basically everybody is, is out of form. Right. And, um, I, I don't quite know if, if it's Arteta's fault or not. I mean, I don't, is it his fault that, that Gabriel Martinelli can't seem to play with any aggression any longer? Like he's sort of, you know, the, the Martinelli of last season who would cut into the box and just, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't looked at the data, right? Like I'm not, maybe he's doing, it just seems like he's a little off his game right now. And you have the sort of Saka in the corner. Martin uh, Odegaard has kind of been guilty of this too. Like a lot of, a lot of step overs, right. On the right side of the pitch, just sort of biding your time. Wait, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel like there's any kind of flow in their attack right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess agree. I would give, I guess I would give Arteta some, some blame for that. They need to figure out a way to, to make things work. I, I think in some ways it's, it's the same, you know, Gabriel Jesus can't take advantage of his chances nearly enough and they don't have a, 
you know, they don't have a, a world-class backup forward, which I think is... Uh, Do you think uh, Ivan Tony is, is the but, answer? Oh, I, if Brentford would let him go, absolutely. I mean, if Ivan Tony was willing to be the second banana for Arsenal and... Uh, and you think he wouldn't on, be the first banana? if Because for Arsenal right. to buy him, they would probably be paying like 80 million something i don't like think that. they'd pay that much right he's like 28 or 29 i, I don't january think is a desperation much. window i think the prices yeah. get inflated but i i don't know I, so you think like i mean if, if he did that though that would move gabriel jesus i guess to the bench yeah right yes like, yeah exactly yeah i don't know i mean jesus does a lot of things well that's hard to well i guess the thing is you'd, you'd basically have two then you'd, then you'd be in an aguero an aguero gabriel jesus situation right where you have two good forwards who are capable of doing different. I mean, the problem is Ivan Tony might honestly just be better. And like outside of maybe Gabriel Jesus is like a willingness to press. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, and what if you put Gabriel Jesus on the left and yeah. sat Martinelli and Trossard, well, because that's just, nothing's happening on the left for Arsenal. Right well, now. I think that, I think, I think you have to consider benching Martinelli for a while, which is what they did last season. You remember when Martinelli had a really tough run of form uh, in the kind of late winter, early spring of last year. And then he scored that like 95th minute goal in the Aston Villa match. The, when uh, the one where, you know, Debu had the own goal and then went up, you know, basically he scored, he scored like a hockey hockey style, mm. empty net goal at the mm-hmm. end of the match. And it sort of mm-hmm. like fired up his confidence again. He scored a ton of goals and, and finished really strong. It, it feels like he needs, he needs a break or something. Everyone feels so exhausted. I'm kind of surprised because there was no, there, there was basically no matches this summer. Um, and I, it's weird to me that everyone seems so fried, right? Does it, does it feel like, like up and down outside of maybe Liverpool? Honestly, it just feels like everyone is just, well, Liverpool Cooked, are coasting like, totally. in the Europa yeah. League, and Arsenal have yeah. a Champions League campaign that they're taking serious. Obviously, taking serious. I mean, but there, but it wasn't it wasn't a terrible. It wasn't like I mean, only I mean Newcastle. I think does get some um, some slack because they've had a lot of injuries and they had a really really tricky um, Champions League group. But I mean, Arsenal, Man City. I don't know. Those, those, their groups weren't that bad. Um, so yeah, and you know, looking ahead to Afcon and Asian Cup, I mean, uh, Man City basically lose nobody, uh, and and Liverpool lose Salah. So um, definitely a little bit of a, a worry if you're. But the thing is, there you know, even if even with a game in hand, right? Like if, if Man City win their game in hand, they're still two back of um, of Liverpool, um, and Liverpool are actually even ahead. I mean, granted with a game in hand, but they're ahead on goal difference too. So um, I just want to race. Like I, it's I, I you know I'm not saying that's over for Arsenal, but it's hard to watch these last two matches and feel like they could realistically win the title this year, right? It's also I just think they've been like, they've looked really shaky at the back too. I don't. You know, it just feels like Declan Rice is, he's been very good for Arsenal this season, but I, I, I feel like he had some shaky moments in the, the West Ham game being like the, the return match for Declan Rice. I feel like they didn't make enough of that really. Right. I think, um, I thought he, uh, I felt like he was pressing at times in that match a little bit. And well, uh, well, West Ham made enough of it and that he was totally irrelevant. I, yeah. I, I, I think Arsenal defense is probably the thing that, that worked the least during the festive period. Yeah. I have had Saliba for four weeks now, maybe five, and it's just been a disaster class. Yeah. So I'm with you. But Gabriel the, for two weeks, but not for the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Arsenal defense is it, it it's and it somehow feels like it's worse for Arsenal than it is for Manchester City, where Manchester City's defense is also calamitous. 
but they will yeah. score goals. And the concern yeah. for Arsenal is they are not really able to do it on either end of the pitch at the moment. And Liverpool just feel like they're in the mood to at least give City a run. I I wonder with if if there is a uh, I think it was on second captains they basically called City going to Saudi Arabia as a sabbatical. It was like the best timed club tournament of all time for Manchester yeah. City where they needed to just get out of England, yep. to get out yep. of the conversation and yep. they won a trophy. Holland will be back fit in January and I I just feel feel like the race will probably yeah. be over come March. I know. Well, I, that's kind of what I was saying. I'm a little, I'm a little scared of, of that happening. Um, I just, I do want to give me, can we just have one season again where we have like a proper, we've had plenty. Well, yeah, I, I it all, well, it all I, comes, I, it just feels it like it's been a few down to years. Liverpool. Ultimately I, they have, I know to. that that's true. I mean, Liverpool won in 2020. So it's not, I'm not saying it's, you know, it, it, it hasn't happened, but I, I would love to see another really proper race this year. Um, sure. and, uh, but to me, the ingredients for a proper race are a team that's not Man City leading the table, <laughs> yeah. you know, as, as long as possible. Because it's, once Man City is back on top, it feels like it's going to be hard for them to to drop it. So anyway, anyway well, let's uh, be, yeah. But fantasy wise, yeah, the, the defense has been a disaster. Saka's been uh, the. I mean, the underlying. I mean, like he's still taking a ton of shots. It feels like long term he's going to be fine. Um, and uh, I still am actually looking at him as a possible transfer for gaming 21. Um, and so uh, I, I bought, I bought Odegaard honestly, cause I couldn't afford Saka. He looks active. Like there's, there are good things there, but um, just when the team isn't clicking, it's just hard to really, I don't know. It's like uh, the appeal with I, Odegaard is he's more like central and he is that connective yeah. tissue and he, he's just being, Everything going through him centrally means he's just more likely to be involved in the goal involvement. Yeah. Uh, and but Saka is is Mo Salah in that he has the penalty factor, assuming he takes yep. it. And yep. I think because Arsenal haven't had a penalty in a while, I think Saka's gonna take the next pen. And they've got to get that groove back. I think he has a Salah Newcastle game in him coming up. And I, I, yeah, Saka, if you can get him going into game week 21, it feels counter, uh, it, it, it doesn't feel awesome right now, but it still is the right move. I feel like. So when you look ahead to your team for game week 21, and, uh, I want to, after this, I want to do the top 10, uh, the Austrian super league when we start our, start our second half preview properly. But, uh, when you personally look ahead to game week 21, what? How many problems do you have to solve? Are you feeling good about it? Obviously, we've got a week still to kind of sort things out, but uh, how are you feeling about your, your squad? I feel like the answers are clear. The problem is it's going to – it's four transfers. So I've already made one, and that was mm -hmm. just to jump on the price market. Bowen – sun out, Bowen in. And okay. we're recording Tuesday night. Sun's going to go down. Bowen's going to go up. I know I want him for Sheffield United. Okay. There are three other moves that I want to make. It would be Salah out for Saka. It would be uh, Kabore, who's going to AFCON for Trent. And that would still leave me with enough money to turn Alvarez into Holland. The okay. likelihood of me turning Alvarez into Holland at that point, that would be a minus 16, which feels dumb. I it feels like a lot. I, yeah, I would not. I would not advise that. So it's fun. I mean, I, you know, it's sure. bold. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think, I think there is a, a decent thread of logic where you can see as many pictures of Holland on the training pitch and looking happy with smiles on his faces. Is he guaranteed no matter what Pep says uh, short of him saying he's going to start to start yeah. in game week 21. Otherwise yeah. I, I feel like I will wait. I'm willing to wait another week and try to just yeah. duck and cover for game week 21 and I do know. a minus eight. I think, I, I think that a minus eight is nailed on for me with Trent Bowen and Saka in for son uh, for all my uh, departures for Kabore's son and Salah. Yeah. I think there's a logic to just to just ripping off the Band-Aid and taking a, a minus eight like that. I mean, I, I took a minus eight myself a couple of weeks ago, and I really don't regret it, even though I would say only one of those three transfers has really worked out. Um, but still, it felt it felt good to just just be aggressive and just just, you know, kind of go for it with 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 transfers. I mean, I, I just would not I did not expect to get double blanks from my Arsenal players. But um, but I yeah, I, I think that, you know, looking at my squad, I have I have three players, um, all kind of starters who are um, out now. I have um, Huang Hee Chan, which, you know, I brought him in knowing he was going to have to leave eventually. But I, I really can't complain about the results. I think I got um, three goals and an assist in four weeks from him. So, um, you know, fantastic return for a sub six million player. Uh, but I have him. I have Sal and I have Sun. Um, I do have three transfers, so it, you know, it's three. not, or I mean, I have two transfers. Uh, I, I'm planning to make three. I'm plan. I, yeah, I have two frees and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm activating the bonus transfer chip, Wonderful. Uh, this week. Yeah. So I have, uh, I, am probably going to take a minus four. Uh, I might just, again, it all comes down to, to Holland, right? If, if Holland is, if, you know, I, 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 I like you want to see, and Pep can be kind of honest in his press conferences. So we, I don't know if we'll get a full on, you know, bona fide Caden style guarantee, but I think that there's a chance that we could get something from him that, that makes us feel fairly confident that he starts, right? It'd be great to get at least a, a few days of, you know, training ground photographs and things like that. And part of the problem is they play Newcastle away. It's a slightly tricky match. And so we might see a little Spout more team that Newcastle have been recently. Well, sure. But I mean, they're still tough at home. Right. And, um, I mean, it was just like five weeks ago or four, not even that long, like four, like three or four weeks ago when they, you know, really crushed uh man United at home. And I, you and I came in this pod and we were like, they look awesome. Joe Linton's the best player in the Premier League. Like, you know, it's like, so. I mean, I, I think especially at home still, they can play very well. And so I think we, we could see a little more gamesmanship from Pep than we might see if they were playing, you know, a promoted team at home or something like that. Right. We might, he might be a little cagey in his response. So anyway, we have, you know, some, some time to, to sort that out. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, you're going to be, uh, moving to Toronto in the next yeah. uh, handful of days. So, uh, we're doing the second half preview of the pod today. And then Sunday I will be, uh, our longtime friend of the pod, uh, Dave Wags will be joining us. Um, and, uh, previewing game week 21. And then, uh, the week after that, Brandon, you'll make your dramatic return. Wow. And, uh, yeah, the plan for that, for that pod will be a Kings of the game week, uh, pod. Cause we'll be in the middle of our long, um, the long two week game week. And I don't mm -hmm. know what kind of pod you can do when the, the pod, when the, when the game week is halfway done. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to do that, which is one of my favorite pods to do anyway. So that's, that's where we are. Um, Brandon, before we get into, uh, some more second half talk, we basically already done, a big chunk of our second half preview here. I think uh, I want to uh, read off the top 10 in the always cheating super league. Uh, we got a two way tie for 10th uh, with Daniel Laycock and Ashraf Seif, uh, Christian Larich in ninth, 
Roy Gordon in eighth, Garrett Moosh in seventh, Ishmael Mamaniat in fifth. I really love how international uh, it it feels like our listenership is when I read off this top 10, Brennan. Um, In fifth is Matthew Allen. In fourth is Dave Monahan. Oh, like Monahan Station, Brandon. That's the see. Maybe, maybe he's great uh, food related. Court just became the great a great Daniel uh, Monahan, top but, yeah. ten uh, great player senator. in the Super League. Yeah. In third is Peter Halfsmo Steege. In second is Sindre Carlson, and in first is Loritz Pust. That's P U U S T. So I love, the, I love the team I name maybe. here from yeah. Loritz Pust. It's four six four four zero dash iPhone dash twelve dash Pro. So yeah. uh, I'm going to flag that team name for As a I'm bot. Report that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like that's like when you had a whole season where your team name was a uh, changed name in parentheses. Yeah, yeah. Because, hey, listen, uh, my, my, uh, yeah. my name at that time was Cure for COVID, and I thought it was a positive <laughs> team name. We've got to solve this problem. <laughs> that's but true. FBL it, Towers it thought pre, differently. Pre-vaccine, exactly. Yeah, screw you. Uh, so uh, and a reminder, just briefly, uh, to uh, support the cheaters. Uh, if you listen to the podcast and uh, it brings you some modicum of joy and uh, you want to say thank you to the cheaters, especially, Brandon, right now with an ad market for podcasts, not great. Not not good at all. Yeah. So if you want to uh, support the cheaters, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Support us at any pledge level. Uh, and at the uh, even at the lowest tiers, you get access to the Discord. Uh, and you can go in there and chat with the cheaters and uh, join uh, mini leagues. And I, I was kicking around the idea of doing some kind of second half league. I think, when does the, um, the beat the average league start? I think that might be game, game week 19. Game week nineteen. Oh well, it's too late for too late for that then, Brad. But maybe we can start some kind of, I don't know, some kind of knockout league or something. I want to do something in the second half for those of us who are in the nine hundred k and up who need <laughs> sure. uh, uh-huh. who need who need you know some kind of some kind of goal to shoot for. So we want to we want to wipe those people's slate clean, mm-hmm. um, or at least give, at least give us something else to shoot for. So um, thank you to our newest Patreon supporters. We got uh, two uh, new just in the last uh, two days actually. Uh, thank you to Matthew and Allie Bragg. Um, Allie Bragg, I feel like that's a returning patron, Brandon, or maybe they just fixed their credit card. I don't know. You know, either way, thank you to Matthew and Allie Bragg for becoming Patreon supporters, supporting the cheaters, uh, and, uh, you get an extra podcast each week and lots of other stuff as we've mentioned in a million other pods. So thank you again. That's patreon.com slash always cheating. Brandon's took a quick break and we'll get into our second half preview. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, Brett, we're back. Reminder, kick things off with a reminder. We talked earlier about AFCON and the Asian Cup. Some people who, and I have to imagine it's a lot of people, possibly even some listeners of this pod, Brandon, will be shocked to log into the fantasy site right now and see red flags over numerous players in their squad uh, as they leave I for I think AFCON. it was our friend yeah. uh, Chancer Dan who was posting the number of transfers in for some of these players. Like yeah. 14,000 managers brought in Sala since he was red flagged. Same yeah. for Sun, et cetera. So yeah. it's it's just interesting to see the level of engagement from some of these fantasy managers. Well, I just think there's only. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's like maybe you just have kids or something. It's like, I said you know, it's like interesting. Young... I didn't say I despise. I these know, people. but your your interesting had a had a hint of derision behind it. <laughs> a little, uh, I, a little oxen, just, a sun possibly you, over it. I mean, yeah, you're right. Are you is is the same like as someone who's engaged enough to really to manage their team every week, not know about this stuff. But I, I do think it's possible, right? I mean, not everyone is in the kind of um, social media ecosystem where people talk about this stuff all the time, right? Like maybe you just, you watch the matches on the weekend and you set your team in the middle of the week, right? And that's, and that's kind of all, all the, what was all the commentary you, when you Mo Salah scored his first goal? What was the commentary when Sun scored his right. goal? Okay, uh, listen. I'm just saying <laughs> that there are probably some people listening who did not realize quite so many. I don't know why I'm really sticking with this point, but I feel strongly about it. So you don't think there's any way that an engaged manager would not know this was happening? I think it's possible. That, yeah, it is possible. It's obviously yeah. possible. I'm yeah. just being a jerk about it. Sure, and and maybe the degree of people who are like the number of people who are leaving might surprise some people too. Like it's, um, you know, certain names. Like, unless you just kind of like, like, you know, Nicholas Jackson, for example, like I honestly, I, I, you know, I didn't necessarily know that he was Senegalese. Right. And so, um, I don't know. I said necessarily, I clearly did not know that he was Senegalese. And so, uh, you know, so he, he for example, is off. So, uh, just to reset though, AFCON will take place between January 13th and February 11th. The Asian cup takes place, starts one day before Brandon and believe it or not concludes one day before, and that'll be January 12th to February 10th. So effectively these are month long tournaments, kind of world cup style, obviously a little bit smaller, more like a Euro cup, I suppose. Uh, and the window of time it's during a lot of FA cups, but, uh, game weeks 21 to game weeks 24, uh, will be affected. And there was a question, Brandon, about, um, kind of, I, I feel like what's, what's, what's really important is, uh, Amar said, um, you know, assuming we do sell Salah and or Son, how many game weeks should we plan for, you know, plan to go without them? Uh, are Egypt and are Egypt and South Korea expected to progress from the groups? Um, this will impact strategy, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I did take a look before we started the pod today at the um, 
the futures market for for these for the tournaments. Uh, and unfortunately for FPL managers, Egypt is the heavy betting favorite for AFCON, like mm-hmm. far and away <laughs> the favored team to to win the African mm-hmm. Cup of Nations. So that makes means it's a very and of course these are knockout tournaments. Anything can happen, but I think. If you're if you were gambling, you would gamble on Salah missing all of those all of those game weeks. Yeah. Um, South Korea is the second favorite after Japan for the Asian Cup, so not quite as as strong a favorite as as uh, Egypt, but second favorite still probably a very good chance that they advance. They they won the you know they won this before, so um, I think that it's uh, I think it's very likely that it's something close to the maximum amount of game weeks they could be gone that we lose. Sala and Sun for um, which is obviously the most important thing for for fantasy managers. Um, so game weeks twenty one to all the way to twenty four potentially uh, are are when you know w- w- when things will be affected. So you know it's, it's a pretty long stretch of time. Um, and uh, I, you know we I don't want to get into too much non fantasy talk on this on this pod, but um, it is kind of interesting, especially with Liverpool. Like it's it's a reasonable run for them right it's burnley and chelsea at home bournemouth away um i think arsenal away is the one match that would kind of be tricky for them in the next four right so um it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of hold the line and you know if they could pick up nine out of 12 points from those four matches i think that would be considered is that arsenal match the fa cup match though no uh this the uh no the arsenal match is game week 23 uh, okay. They're away to Arsenal. Yeah, I just know. Um, yeah, they play. They play at at the Emirates in the FA Cup on January seventh. This is they, we're gonna get. They're gonna yeah. get intimately familiar with each other. Arsenal and Liverpool yeah, over the next. They month. are. That'll be fun for. And I, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if Ivan Tony um, makes his way in there. So, um, so game weeks 21 to twenty four will be affected. Uh, the FPL uh, obviously a lot of Premier League players are leaving, uh, but specifically the FPL assets who've left for Afcon and Asian Cup. These are, in my opinion, the the more the most important ones. Um, Arsenal uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu. I, he's a Japanese player. I wanted to mention him not because he's necessarily an African or because he's a um, uh, a, a huge he's FPL African. Asset. This is big big news. I know. Talking too quickly here. Uh, not because he's a huge FPL asset in of himself, but his absence possibly makes Ben White a little a little safer if you were hold on to him or, or looking for um, a safer option in that Arsenal squad. Uh, Gabriel, I suppose we have to feel like he's pretty safe now too, because Thomas Party couldn't even was not even healthy to get the call up uh, for Afcon, and so um, I think as long as Party's up, we can still feel pretty good about Martinelli, given given what we saw uh, or not not Martinelli, excuse me. The other Gabriel. Yeah, I I think the whole Arteta experiment with Gabriel Margulies is over. He's yeah, Yeah. not that it's helped them recently in terms of keeping clean sheets or winning matches. But no, I think Arteta thinks I've got bigger fish to fry than my back four right now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It does feel like the uh, upfront is really. I think I agree. I think that's where the problem is. Uh, Visa is out for Brentford, so makes him makes the, the tech pretty toothless uh, up front for the next few weeks. And Ivan Tony, though, in theory, is back. Like I think starting in game week twenty one for Brentford. So that time. is an interesting story. Like, do we? Does he just jump right out straight and, back into my squad? I mean, <laughs> let's see. They play. Who? What does Brentford's run look like? They. Well, they play. I mean, it's, it's, okay, it's not a very good run, so we don't have to. We're not going to be too tempted by it. But they play Forest out of the gate, which is which is good. But then uh, Spurs away, which honestly, I'm not sure how bad that one is for him either. Uh, Man City and Wolves. So, um, gosh, yeah, it feels like a. It'd be fun to just put a fiver on him as like a 
Anytime Brentford are outrageously right. bad right now. They're in the <laughs> 16th place. It's just like yeah. cannot do anything right. Yeah. Uh, uh, just just to run through a few more players, though. Uh, Adingra and Matoma are both gone for Brighton. I feel it's like kind of a big loss, kind of losing a, a left winger and a right winger, um, uh, especially when they're already done in March. Yeah, so uh, that's a tough one. Uh, Nicholas Jackson, uh, not bye sure. Bye, bye Felicia. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it probably makes things a little, you know, if you were considering Nkuku, uh, I suppose that makes it a little more likely, though. Nkuku didn't, didn't, you know, I guess they're probably still just managing his minutes kind of carefully, right? But um, he got he got 28 minutes in the Luton match. Um, but uh, I'd have to imagine he's in line for a long run of starts um, beginning of game week 21. Um, Mosal, of course. Uh, Endo uh, as well. Not really a fantasy asset, but just just noting there. Uh, Isa Kabore, you mentioned him already. So um, just, you know, kind of annoying for anyone who still has him stuck on their bench. Uh, Onana, leaving for Man United. Son, of course. Uh, Kudos, who's been terrific for West Ham. And uh, uh, and then uh, Huang Hee Chan for, for Wolves. And I think that's really going to got to make things tougher for Wolves. There was a question uh, about um, from FPL Kudos, Brandon, who asked a question about Kudos. And he said, is it worth going against Bowen considering West Ham without Kudus and Paqueta alongside him? So are you – what did you think about Bowen today? I mean, obviously you, you're, you're leaning towards bringing him, him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're back, you've backed him. But were you blown away by his performance today? Uh, you concern- and I were blown away in person with him. When you saw him <laughs> for sure. I was – yeah, when we saw him in the Europa League against Olympiacos, he was the best player on the pitch easily. Yeah. I, the concern is watching him against – Brighton, he was, I think he was stretched. Like he was chasing the ball, not necessarily chasing the ball, but doing a lot more running than we see when Paqueta and mostly Kudus were on the pitch. So it's concerning that he's doing a lot more donkey work without those players. And what he excels at is uh, just catching the ball and, and being very positive and driving at the goal. Does does that change when you're playing against a team like Sheffield United versus Brighton? Probably en- enough that I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah. And I think you know if you want to really get down to the brass fantasy tax, there is an effective ownership sort of a situation sure. at play yep. there. And I think Bowen is good enough. And the West, I think ultimately talking about just individual players in the West Ham team against Brighton versus just the whole team against Brighton. I thought West Ham continued to look very just sound and mm-hmm. together and yep. uh, on the same wavelength. It just their performance against Brighton, while they didn't score any goals, just boded well yeah. looking forward. I think they're just yep. in a good run right now as far as yeah. goes. I mean, that Arsenal match was so impressive. I thought they looked in game week 19. That was um, remarkable. It, they, it was it was a perfect performance in some ways, right? Like uh I mean, it, yeah, it did uh, Ariel have to make some pretty good saves? Sure. But, like, it still felt like they were not the hardest saves in the world. Like, Dubrovka, I th- feel like, had, had a much harder time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had to make much more difficult saves yesterday than um, than, than Ariola had in that match. Yeah, Ariola reminded me of Tim Howard against Belgium in the whatever World Cup that was where he made 11 saves and they were <laughs> All just like straight down his throat. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah, he basically yeah. he got a bus parade for that. Um but yeah, I um, I I feel like I feel like Bowen and West Ham survive um as far as yeah, positivity. And I, 
I mean, in Sheffield, I think I, I think there's at least a you, you could make an argument for for. Well, I don't know. I mean, especially with Holland coming back from the injury, is there an argument for captaining Bowen in that match? Uh, in game week twenty one, I think you could make a you could make a case for it. Certainly. Oh, certainly. Yeah, you think about the other options. Uh, you know, you express some hesitation about City and gamesmanship against Newcastle away at St James Park. Whatever you think about that, suddenly you're looking at a not in attacking form Arsenal. You're looking at backing yeah. Chelsea again, mm-hmm. uh, or there it is, staring you right in the face, an in form West Ham. Uh, and Jared Bowen. So I think there's an easy, there's, there's a case to be made for Bowen captaincy. Yeah. Uh, Also, let's see, when is that West Ham? Oh, see, and that the beauty of it, that West Ham game is not until Sunday, the 21st, Brandon. So yeah, Mm -hmm. if we get a, if we get a Holland captain fail, um, on January 13th, that's a long 10 days to go in that game week, right? Like mm. at least let's have the hope of a Bowen of a Bowen captaincy a, a week after that. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be very wild heavy. I, you know, we actually have only had this stretched out uh, once. I think it was in January of 2020, right? Is the only other time they've done this. It was, the idea was that they were going to start doing this because obviously they play so many matches during the festive fixture period. And uh, I think there were some com- complaints, especially among the teams that play heavily in Europe that they needed a little extra break. And so uh, it's not, like ideal from a fantasy perspective, but at least we'll have games every day. Like it feels like it could be worse, right? Like I'm, it's going to be a long, sure. it's a long stretch of time, but deal. no, exactly. It's not a big deal. That's how I feel too. It's like, it's, it's fine. Um, I just don't want it to go really bad at the start. That's really the only, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the only thing I'm, I'm slightly worried about. Um, so all right, a couple other notes here. Yeah. So it is a long game week, uh, starts on Saturday, January 13th, ends the 22nd. I'd certainly uh, plan on holding, uh, your transfers, if you can, at least until sometime next week, just let's, let's wait things out and, and see if uh, any injury, especially any, any Holland news. Um, I also wanted to note, just in case anyone was curious, uh, even though there are some FA Cup weekends ahead, uh, the next international break doesn't come until after game week 29. So um, we do have a nice long stretch of matches here. And so you can cast a slightly longer eye ahead as you sort of look at, at transfers and fixtures. And I, Sometimes it really is, especially in the fall, it's almost better to look in kind of four week chunks, right? Like, okay, who would I want the next? And sort of, I, that, I like to think that way, at least sort of like think about like each international break as its own kind of window where I'm doing my planning. But uh, when you have a nice long stretch like this, I think it's a little easier to, to, to do some more kind of long term thinking. Um, and then um, there was some uh, rumor coming, came out yesterday uh, that Holland, Doku, and KDB. Uh, are all in line to be available for the Newcastle fixture. And now KDB, of course, has made the bench, uh, but um, it'd be interesting to see if KDB actually starts for the Newcastle fixture. I think that would be a real, um, that would be fascinating. I don't know. Like it's, it's, I I really, I want to see, I mean, he's just like a really fun player to watch. Right. And so it'd be fun to see him back in the league. Well, I think it's very fantasy relevant for Holland and Holland captaincies, because I think one of the reasons Holland has not performed up to the degree that he did, Last yeah. season is because De Bruyne is not supplying him. He's getting yeah. a lack of supply. So De Bruyne being back, I think, is huge, especially if he just starts consistently starting like we know him to, yeah. is so huge for Holland in fantasy. Yeah, and Alvarez could certainly be impacted as well, right, uh, yeah. given um, given how well um, uh, Foden is playing too, possibly the best he's ever he's played in his career, one of the best searches he's had in his career. So it 
it's not clear to me where you, and with Bernardo Silva playing so well as well, I think that there's at least a little bit of risk uh, that Alvarez just kind of drops. But, uh, you know, again, it's just hard to say because it's hard to project KDB being any kind of regular starter moving forward, right? It's it's It feels like they're going to be extra careful with him. Um, and so I, I don't know. It may not be until the Champions League resumes that we really see kind of full strength KDB. Yeah, I'm curious what his drive is. Uh, he's he's a professional, f- for one, but yeah, what he's set out to achieve, he's now done. He's won the Champions League, Premier League many times over. I mean, unless he yeah. devotes himself to, to like winning the Euros with Belgium, which will never happen. I I feel like KDB can enter into his sort of like show pony stage where he gets to just come and ball for man city when yeah he feels fit i don't think city city are so much better with him um i don't know yeah you you wonder is he the sort of guy is he so driven like the Messi's and ronaldo's where he wants to be playing when when he's 40 for top european sides versus um versus not hard to know with him i'm i'm actually super interested in him as like a person like he's sort of he no feels agent. normal yeah like he feels very normal to me but mm-hmm. is it just that he looks normal or is, is he actually i don't know it's interesting i think he is yeah he's yeah. like famously has no agent and, um yeah. and he, he's like the scotty pippen of the of european football yeah just to just kind of hanging around a quietly excellent, a mm-hmm. quietly excellent career. Um, all right. Well, this this one, I don't I think the answer for you and me, there were a lot of questions that we got when we put out the call for questions about second half wild cards, second half chips. I just feel like until we get more news about double game weeks, uh, until things start to kind of wrap up with the um, with the League Cup. Right. Because we'll get some more doubles to come on that front. Uh we need to find out when Man City and Brentford play their next match. Uh, the Bournemouth-Luton match getting rescheduled is now kind of huge as well, right? Because um, there's a real possibility that you can end up triple-captain Dominic Solanke, right? <laughs> I mean, if they if, if it's Luton and another good, another, sure. like, strong opponent or, you know, a weak opponent, then I think that, you know, there's a, there's a chance that, um, that yeah, he, that's a possibility. So I don't feel like we have enough information to really do any planning. And so my feeling is I'm just not going to even kind of think about it until things start to clarify a little bit. Sure. I, I think the, the easiest way to think about the wild card is, is just put it on the back burner. Maybe you feel like you've been done dirty by the festive fixtures and you want to, and you just want to be proactive and hit the reset button going into yeah. game week 21. I feel like you'll regret that once everyone starts double game week planning uh, and Sun and Salah come back from the Asian and African Cups. So, yeah. like, at least wait until uh, those Cups are over and you could just use the wild card to get Sun and Salah back in for free. I think that's, like, the bare minimum in terms of how to use your wild card. Yeah, yeah. I, I It just feels like it's a... Uh, you and I have done some early wild cards in recent seasons, and... Uh, this have gone pretty poorly for us. So I, I'm now like in team, like I'm not going to wild card till like game with 37. Like I'm, I'm just going to roll <laughs> yeah. as like latest human. Like as, I'm going to just like stretch it as long yeah, as I Yeah, but you're triggering everybody who wild carded into game week 20. And that's and, true. Yeah, that's so true. it's just, it, it all really just depends on the game week, honestly. And that's true. That's true. And, and, and again, there's a, the element of randomness, 
You can, it cannot really be fully overcome, can it, Brandon? It's out of our hands. You it's know, out of our God hands. God grant me the strength. All right. Well, we got a couple more. Uh, I want to talk just quickly about fixtures, and let's, let's just take one or two questions here, Brandon. Um, good fixtures and poor fixtures ahead. Uh, I take a quick look. It's There's no kind of standout squad that I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to target them for because they have a great run or or a squad that I was really trying to avoid. It's it, I feel like FPL-wise, it's 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 sort of a mixed bag, right? Like Brighton have a great run of fixtures, but I, I couldn't even tell you who, who I'd want on Brighton right now, right? Especially with Matoma and... Um, oh, come on, you're uh, a big Van Hecke guy. Yeah, maybe you're him. A I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's a four million, but I mean, do we really trust... I mean, they did keep a clean sheet, but I, I do not trust them to keep... <laughs> this lots is of the clean start of something special, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I think we there, there could be some kind of diamond. I, I do think like, you know, if you're looking for like a make fantasy fun again kind of pick, trying to find the diamond in the rough with on Brighton, like who's the midfielder who's going to be starting all of these matches, right? Like with, uh, is it, is it, um, what's his name? He's, he's actually, us. no, he's, he's the one who, he scored a goal. Um, oh, Hinshelwood. Is it, you know, do we, do we consider Hinshelwood perhaps, Brent? He scored a goal mm. in, uh, in game week 19. I don't know. Like, uh, let, let's <laughs> kick it around. He's he just looked, reading the FPLs, the FPLs site, ladies and gentlemen. Well, okay. Did you know that Hinshelwood <laughs> scored 19? Uh, sure. I was I watching mean, the game. All right. Well, I didn't see you. Uh, with you, you Johnny, I on the think. spot with. Okay, maybe, maybe <laughs> so. But he's only four point five million, so he could be someone worth considering. It, the team is kind of decimated right now by uh, by injuries, and then with you know the the Afcon Asian Cup uh, withdrawal. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's maybe Pascal Gross and, and nobody. I mean, uh, I think Ja Pedro has just been a little too frustrating. I, I don't think anyone really wants to go there, and no. obviously Ferguson just can't get consistent starts, so he's kind of off the table as well uh sheffield of course off the table man united uh, these are all just teams that have nice runs over the next uh, several weeks uh villa maybe i mean it's a uh, the only problem with villa is like i feel like now we have to make sure that they're playing at home during these runs right it's like they're, they're yeah. it's just they're a completely different team home versus away that's why i really struggled to hold on to pal tower as through this injury crisis of his, because yeah. I do feel like at 4.5, he might be four, seven. Now there's yeah. enough value in there. If you can find, if you can easily find yourself uh, yeah. a, a cheap Aston Villa starting defender, that feels like the only alternative to, um, to Ollie Watkins though, Douglas Louise with the 10 pointer in game wing 20 is just like quietly having this, um, Incredible fantasy season, honestly. Yeah, he he's having a great. I mean, it's. I, I feel like this happens every couple of years where you have one guy who, base, I mean, I mean, he does get assists too, and like he's you know he's on crosses and you know, set bases and things like that. But uh, who was the the Crystal Palace midfielder who um, was like? Yeah, the uh, yeah mid mis, miscus which or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Milivojevic. Milivojevic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like, but he had that remarkable season where it was like. On the one hand, you're like, I just, I cannot get a player just for pens. Mm-hmm. And yet it felt like he was getting a pen like every other week for, for that season. And so uh, it, it feels like it's, it's like, it's just like a charmed season for Louise where it feels like he's just going to keep just taking along with, uh, with, mm-hmm. with goals and assists all, all year long. Um, so, yeah, I think, he, I think he's definitely one to target, um, especially if you're looking to free up funds for Holland and 
maybe eventually Holland Salah's son, right? I mean, that's he was actually a player I had uh, when I had Holland Salah's son. And so I think it does, you know, I think there is a, uh, he's definitely one to consider. Um, and then as far as like really poor fixtures go, again, I mean, the teams that have the worst fixtures are, are teams that I'm not really too big on. I mean, I, you know, I guess Chelsea doesn't have a great run just because they play away to Liverpool and Man City, but it's kind of sandwiched around some decent fixtures as well, right? Fulham at home and game week 21, Wolves at home in 23. Um, and so certainly uh, Palmer is like, I mean, he's incredible. He's, possi- he's maybe captainable in, in, in 21, right? Like that's that's how good he's been recently. I genuinely, uh, I, yeah. I don't want to, st- uh, I'm, I'm going to stick the knife in. I yeah. don't understand all these people who benched Ali Palmer in game week 20. Cole Palmer. Cole. Yeah, I love, I love Wrexham. Wrexham yeah. till I No, die. it's great because when you stuck the <laughs> knife in, you stuck your own knife in yourself. Like it was like, it was a perfect, uh, everyone yeah. dies. Everyone dies in this <laughs> dies. scenario and that's fine. It's like the end of <laughs> yeah. reservoir dogs. Yeah. I, I, I just, yeah. I, I was surprised. I was surprised too. I have to admit, I, I didn't totally get it. I, um, I, 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 you know, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it was just like there were too many good options, but um, he felt like he did feel like a must start um, to me as well. Um, so anyway, it worked out great for us. And honestly, I'm glad we win more. Yeah, I'm glad that people did bench him because it probably was helpful for <laughs> some overall rank gain. So uh-huh. uh, and and whatever, we've all been there. I, I, I've benched about three million points this season. So, um, you know, we've all we've all been there. So, Brendan, I don't know. Does anything stick out to you fixture wise, though? Just. Again, it feels like there's no, you know, sometimes it's like, because often, like, especially down the stretch where we have double game weeks or you're like, wow, this is the team. I've got to triple up on them. I have to get as many of their players like, as I can because every match they have is good for the next handful of weeks. I just don't see that team right yeah, now. I don't either. It feels like a keep it simple, stupid sort of a situation yep. for fantasy managers where target yep. the good teams and the good players as best you can. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree. I don't think there is necessarily some sort of hipster team that's got some good picks that you might be forgetting that might be flying under the radar. I think it's more, it's more about those going back to the Asian cup and AFCON departures, where are we considering a player like Richarlison, regardless of fixtures, are there players on these teams or, or Chelsea being another one, where are they going to rejigger the lineup is, is in cuckoo or Sterling or yeah. um, a player like that going to be a factor. Richarlison, I do think is kind of the most interesting one because he will have, well, okay. So it's for Charleston and then Liverpool, honestly, mm-hmm. because Sala always takes up one spot in the front three for Klopp every game week. So now it's like yeah. a free roll, whether Jota or Gakpo is going to be that guy. So, Richarlison and then Jota are probably the most interesting characters heading into the next couple of weeks for me. Yeah. And well, I think let's just use this opportunity to talk a little more about midfielders because uh, Jay Dizzle, 689908, Brandon. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's another that's burner account, like the top yeah, player. Yeah, this is from the, the Discord, too. I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just 689,000 years old. We don't know, Brandon. So, um, said, uh, how would you rank the possible midfield replacements for Son and Salah, especially if it's in the prices and really consideration? Now, you started to get into this a little bit. We talked about Bowen earlier. I'm kind of inclined to agree with you on Bowen, by the way, if only because of this Game Week 24 fixture. Like, that yeah. alone, given that the options that we're considering are sort of short-term options. Like, I 
will very likely, I mean, listen, the, the Newcastle match showed it, right? Like I just, long-term, I don't want to be without Mo Salah. I just don't want to be without a player who plays the full 90 in every match and is on pens and is kind of goal crazy, right? Like I just, I just don't want to go. It's like Holland. Holland's the same way, right? You mm-hmm. just don't want to go without these players. Um, they just, they, they burn to score goals. It's like the dream for fantasy. So, you know, anyone we're looking at, I feel like are probably going to be short term buys. And then Sun just fits so well into, into the Ange system that it's, whether he plays on the left wing or plays centrally, it doesn't seem to make a difference, right? He's just been terrific. And so I, I expect I'll want him back as well. So because of that, I don't know that you need to look six. I would just be looking at a very discreet window, right? Game week 21 to game week 24. Mm-hmm. Who do I want for those four fixtures? Now you may have them longer, you may have them for less, who knows, but like it helps to clarify your, mm-hmm. your viewpoint a little bit, right? If you're restricted to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, looking at it through that lens, it's uh, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Man United, who, again, it's like he's going to score in that match. Uh, and then, Bowen and then we're Arsenal, talking about here. Jared Bowen, yeah, and West Ham uh, in generally. Uh, that, that these are their fixtures in the next four. So Sheffield, Bournemouth at home, uh, Man United and Arsenal. Now, Bournemouth have been decent at home recently, but um, or, or have been decent defensively. Excuse me, they'll, they'll be away in this match. But again, it just... Even if you just take those two fixtures, just the Sheffield and Bournemouth match, maybe the Man United match too, I honestly just feel like, given the, the how good they are at counterattacking, like yeah. it just feels like it just feels like they're going to get one or two big opportunities in that match, and just feels like the kind of match where Bowen's going to score, doesn't it? And the, yep. the the Man United match, totally, yeah. And and well, Onana being out, does that mean that actually Manchester United might suddenly become better at? defense and it won't be so scattershot back there it's it's not like they've got you know uh i I don't even know is it who's who's the backup keeper there we should know this and i'm shocked that i don't hold on (laughs) one second let me me pull it up my Uh, money's yeah it is yeah yeah heaton and vtech are the are the two i I assume it'll be heaton as well i love yeah the new vtech technology is uh i look forward (laughs) to it we all love VTech, Lucent, a lot of good tech. Yeah, I use VTech all days. the time, you know, particularly when I'm, I'm coming coming and going from work. I love oh, my sure. VTech. I oh, yeah. recommend we it to anybody. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Bowen just feels like and, – and it's like we, we have an interesting perspective because we've been fading Bowen for the last month plus, all yeah. season, frankly. Yeah. And people who have had him, rarely do you regret owning Jared Bowen. Yes, that's so, true. Yeah, that is. That, that's this is a true. great I mean, opportunity. It was really just a a stretch at the start of last season, right? Where he was a, he was a hot commodity. His price went up, and and he had a really rough start. And then by the second half of last season, he was back to being great. And uh, you know, he's, he's he's playing out of position now too. It's it's ideal, right? You get it. You know, I mean, it should you know just it feels like um, I don't know. I guess the one yeah the one concern would just be kudos and whether. Um, whether he was really important to unlocking something with Bowen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Bowen was good before Kudos was, was regularly getting minutes. So I, 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 yeah. I think he'll be fine. Um, so I think the, you know, there's another, you know, we both have Palmer. If you didn't have Palmer, I, obviously he'd be like one of the top players on your list, especially because they, um, because Chelsea do have a couple of good home matches in the next four. Um, Sokka is the tricky one for me. Um, I, uh, it feels very logical to bring him in. His ownership is super high. It's kind of like you're talking about effective ownership with Bowen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if I want to be doubled up on Arsenal right now, right? Because I already have Odegaard. And maybe sometimes this is a mistake you can make. This used to happen with 
with Salah and Mane, where you'd be like, well, get the wrong guy. Yeah, you get the wrong guy, and then suddenly you're like, well, like I guess I'm just screwed. And in those situations, you should get both. But it's hard to look at this Arsenal attacker down and think, oh yeah, I want to be, I want even one player, let alone two, right? You're over investing at that point because you yeah. you're seeing how difficult it is for Arsenal to score at this yep. point. So you yep. you're like, well, if I buy two guys, then that improves yeah. my odds of getting any fantasy right. returns. Right. And that's just not right. how you play. No, it didn't work. No, because I bought two guys from Arsenal two weeks ago. I got Gabriel and and Odegaard, and uh, it's yeah, it's four four blanks from the last two weeks. Yeah, um, I suspect diversification yeah. is uh, is the key. And it, would you bring in Saka and Odegaard when one of those guys could actually be Phil Foden, the guy you were just bigging up? And I agree, right. he's an incredible form, and I feel like he's he's better equipped to sort of if De Bruyne comes into a starting eleven that Foden shifts to whatever Alvarez is doing, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think that just sounds like a more fun pick to me, Phil Foden over a double on Arsenal, yeah. for sure. What What about this, like, it feels like it would never actually work, but um, yeah, so Eze is another option to consider, and um, they play Sheffield United in game week 22, and is there some kind of aggressive strategy where you just keep moving your midfielders along and <laughs> just getting yeah. the one that Sheffield United plays every week. Uh, I feel like we're have... past that though, Josh, we're over the Sheffield United are going to get burned at the stake every okay. week. They're still the worst team in the league, but yeah. they're not. That Sheffield getting... Luton game was insane though. That yes, like it was multiple own goals to that. That was, I don't know. I, I don't those know those were so fluky too. It really yeah. was crazy. Yeah. I think Crystal Palace aren't good enough to factor into that level of like big brain FPLs management. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he wouldn't be at the top of my list either. And you and I, I almost feel like we have a blind spot sometimes about, about Crystal Palace. I don't know, but it, yeah, it just, I, I don't, I, it's hard to be excited. He's also, he's been so injured. I think that's it. Yeah. It just feels like it'd be super annoying if you could have Bowen, but you kind of got cute and went as a, and then he just, had another injury and was knocked out for a couple of weeks, right? Well, so, I will have Raheem yeah. Sterling. Let me remind everybody heading okay. into that game week and Sterling to yeah. Eze does not seem that crazy. No, that's true. Eze or maybe Foden would be another possibility depending on how much money you have. So yeah, you, you'll have a couple of interesting options for, for that week. I hope that Arsenal turn it around because it would be great to have some of their, their players still are still very reasonably priced considering they're a top four squad, but um, it's just in the moment, it's really hard to, to, I mean, you know, you would, you just went through this with Martinelli. I'm going through with Odegaard. Sock owners have been going through it for six weeks. I mean, I know they got a, they got a goal, but again, it was, it was a seven point return. It was just, it's not amazing. It was right? a lame like goal almost, and a lame return. It was and they kind lost. of a lame goal. Real right place, right time kind of, kind of goal. Um, so, all right, let's do one last question here. And I and we'll we'll talk more about this on next Sunday's pod too as we get a little more information over the next few days. Um, so last questions from our old friend Sam Danby says, What's an acceptable amount of hits this week with Holland coming back and the players going away for international duty? So um I guess specifically he means AFCON and, and Asian Cup. Um what do you think is uh the right amount of hits? You were said you you were considering, I think you said uh minus 16 at a minimum. Right. So that's your, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, you know that when you just do your ideal team, 
you just play around with the transfers. Like, yeah. if I did yeah. everything I wanted, what would yes. it? Could I afford yes. it for one? Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, for me to do that, it would be a minus sixteen, and that does feel irresponsible to me. I think considering there's there's going to be a ton of managers taking hits because of yeah. the sun and solid departures, a minus yeah. four feels easy. Just do it. Yeah. Don't even yeah. sweat it. A yeah. minus eight. I feel like you have to be intentional uh, about it. You have to want to yeah. do it. Don't just do it because, but I think it is, if, if it is intentional, it is well within the realms of good strategy, a minus eight. That's as far as I'd go though. Yeah, I if Holland is healthy, I'm almost definitely going to take a minus four. I mean, in some ways, my hand is almost forced because um, it, the moves that I would consider in my case, is like, you know, I still have Isak, uh, which is honestly it was on, has not worked out as it worked out okay in the end. I got seven points from him in that game week nineteen. I I did bench him for his goal in in, in twenty, but um, but I would move Isak to Holland, uh, and then I actually, in order to afford. Bowen, um, I would need to free up a little extra cash anyway. So in that case, I would, ha- I would have to drop sun to free up money. <laughs> so I'm okay. sort of like in a position where I would, you know, so, and then I, I think, I think that Foden, F- yeah, I think a Foden, uh, Holland Alvarez would be a really fun, super aggressive trio to have for a few weeks. And then Alvarez probably turns into Solanke at some point. I, I still don't have Solanke in my squad and, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that's something I, I, I've actually, I feel like, honestly, I've gotten kind of lucky um, the last couple of weeks. I mean, he did, he did score in the, in the, the full of the match, but for him to only get a six point return in that felt like I kind of dodged a bullet uh, and then, and then blanking away um, against Spurs too. So, uh, but I feel like long-term I need to get on the Solanke train, uh, but I could probably fade them for game week 21. They play Liverpool at home, but um, yep. long-term I certainly want to get them in. Yeah, I think those moves sound good. Yeah, and with the double impending for Bournemouth Luton for that match to be rescheduled, yeah. which could just like drop in our laps any moment, you want to yeah. be ready to get him. But uh, oh, I, you know, we we didn't talk about Rich, Richarlison, by the way. Um, that's another. That's the one player we didn't talk about in that midfield section. So, how are you feeling about? You mentioned you were kind of you were interested in Richarlison before, but are you? Yeah, well, how are you feeling about him right now? Well, I was interested in talking about him because I know he is just like a pivotal topic uh, mm-hmm. because Sun leaving means, and I feel like after the the recent spurs Bournemouth match, Sun went up to Richarlison and the camera was right in their face in the middle of the pitch and it seemed like he leaned in and probably said something like, it's it's up to you now. You yeah, need to this. actually score yeah. goals. Yeah. The, the yeah. whole arm around you treatment from the captain. Yeah. But I don't think he's capable of it. I, he, you know, he's he, just like imagine uh, Richarlison watching Pedro play for Brighton. And you're like, this kid is going to come and eat my lunch. Uh, yeah. It's like it's not going well for him at yeah. all. I, I, I is, is it, and, and now you have to really yeah. get, you know, get in touch with your biases because I sure. do not like Richarlison by any stretch. I don't like watching yeah. him. I, I would say uh, he's one of your least favorite players. Yeah. I, if I were to, and yeah. now it's not that, and you, it's not that you hate players who are bad. It's like, you have a real bugaboo about players that, that you feel like are kind of not living up to their potential. I feel like that's like a thing that really drives you crazy. No, and, I, I actually, it's less Richarlison is less. He's not living up to his potential. I think that his, he's, he's exceeded his potential. 
in the okay. worst possible way. Out. Like okay. he he yeah. just <laughs> I, I should not be thinking about him right now. Okay. But yeah, the you, other you part of it, it yeah. The other part right. of it is you have to accept that now he will be the focal point of the attack. Yep. Uh our Spurs gonna be good enough to to get him the ball. Kulosevsky if he's fit with Brennan Johnson and then LaCelso feeding Richarlison. I, this is yeah. not a game that I want to play. I feel like now, I want to scare James, managers off of doing this. James Madison may be back by the Man United match, which is by the Game League 21 match. So if Madison is back, it's I I wouldn't necessarily advocate for going for him over Richarlison because it's just just in general, we've we've all been burned enough taking players right back from injury. But if he was at back and able to play, I do think that helps the case for Richarlison, right? Like it's that yes. it's a, a player who can very clearly set up for Charleston. And 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 I think I don't I I don't think we can just point to Sun as the reason why Richarlison's been able to score five Premier League goals in the last four uh, five matches, right? I mean that's a that's a very nice run, right? Five goals in five matches is like a very solid run for Richarlison. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I mean, he scored one goal last season. He had an intensely frustrating first 15 weeks of this one, but he has been good recently. And I think, I think it, it, we do have to like kind of wipe the slate clean a little bit with him. Would you do it? Yeah, I think I might actually, I think there's a possibility mm, there. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and partially it's because I don't, Actually, as I, <laughs> I was just sometimes it is useful to do this for the pod because it gives me perspective on, on what other people would be worrying about as well. Um, I just kind of did the mat like 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 did the transfers, and I actually can't get Bowen and Saka and turn Isak into um, uh, into Holland mm. uh, on a minus four. I don't have enough money to do it. So if I if I have to go down to like the next rung of players that I would consider. <laughs> Richarlison suddenly emerges as a as a really strong candidate, and I think he'd be he'd be kind of up there with Foden. Foden becomes slightly less appealing for me personally, just because I already have Alvarez, and I don't know. Just in general, I like to be a little more diversified with my with my attacking options. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I already have Palmer. As I am kind of with you, I don't really trust him. Uh, Pascal Gross. It's like who's who's I don't know. Like. Pascal Gross, come on! Like, I'm, well, what we are we have doing enough here, money. People? Yeah, what are we? What are we doing here, people? <laughs> I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do that. So, um, yeah, maybe Douglas Louise would be another one that I consider. So, um, I think kind of just for the sheer fun of it, Richarlison seems like he might be kind of a fun player to have too. Is it, in a, in a weird way, it's like the first time ever that Richarlison has been a make fantasy fun again player, Brandon. So, um, let's let's embrace it while it's here. Okay. All right, so it's a lock. Both the cheaters will be on uh, transfer hits going into game week 21. Stay tuned yep. for more. How high will it go? How high? Great, A great movie. It just turned into a great uh, way to spend your transfers. Uh, all right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, I'll, I'll be back on Sunday. Brandon will be uh, in, a, in the back of a moving truck uh, wrapped up in a, in a blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But we'll be back uh, on Sunday. Uh, and uh, talk about Game Week 21 proper. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, though. And uh, if you want to support the podcast, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Once again, that's patreon.com slash alwayscheating. We'd really appreciate the support. Uh, and, Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yeah, as always, big thanks to our producers, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, 
Nick Wright, Lazaros, Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wildmings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Bulger, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Heath Cram, Thomas Tisloff, Noan Louise, Travis Grant, Linus Fennerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Fred Jacobson, Brennan, Daniel Hart, Lolly, Ben Coombs, Eric Kite, and Gareth H. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us wherever you get your social media. And visit our website, alwayscheating.com, for all this information and more. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.